This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Historically speaking, it's usually up to local nonprofits and private counselors who are volunteering their time to provide mental health support for people who've been impacted by a natural disaster. But in the weeks after Hurricane Ian a year ago, Florida deployed the first ever state emergency response mental health task force. It was comprised of mental health professionals, including therapists, counselors, and massage therapists who work directly with residents and first responders who were still in the midst of recovery. Now, almost exactly one year post-EN, the task force has been deployed a second time to help people in the panhandle who were impacted by Hurricane Adalia, which made landfall on August 30th. We're touching base with the team's director today and one of its members to get a sense of the work they're doing now as people are still in the early days of recovery from Adalia. Ami Lee is founder and CEO of Capacity Path Disaster Relief Resiliency Services and clinical director of this state emergency response mental health task force. And Stacy Brown is a clinical psychotherapist and licensed mental health counselor and founder of Stacy Brown and Associates Counseling and Wellness in Fort Myers. I spoke with the two of them earlier today. Let's hear that conversation now. Ami Lee, welcome back to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Mike. And Stacy, welcome back to you as well. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So, Ami, I'm going to start with you. We talked with you on this show back, and I looked. It was October 25th, so that was about three weeks after Ian made landfall here. And pretty shortly after this team was even formed, um, for starters, remind us um, what Capacity Path is and how it and its work sort of led to the beginnings of this team. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity to share. We, we established ourselves as a disaster relief org sometime around 2017, when we realized that in all of the disaster relief programs that were out there, there seemed to be a gap around the mental health concerns, that it was left to fall to pastors and a few goodwilled people to provide emotional and and spiritual care for people in distress, where we realized if we build something very intentional, that we could stand in that gap and really interrupt the potential for trauma and, and lift people up by putting realization underneath them when it feels like the ground floor is really slipping. So what Capacity Path does in disaster-oriented scenarios is we try to send in teams of an array of integrated health providers from licensed mental health providers to body work professionals, board-certified coaches, functional wellness, wellness folks. We create teams of people to create some stability in a community. When it's not disaster, we do training and micro-resilience and support for first responders around the state, around the country, actually, in fact, around the world, um, where we use the neurobiology of our health and wellness to basically give people the operator's manual for how the body and brain work and how we can enjoy life a little bit more by experiencing some stability and solidness in our own world. Remind our listeners, because we talked with you about this last time, but how uh, this folded into what became the first ever state emergency response team uh, for mental health here in Florida. Yeah, I'm so proud of Florida on this. And Stacy knows this too. We, we were proclaiming it every day from the mountaintops, how excited we were that our governor and director Guthrie and the Florida division of emergency management really said, we're, we're putting our stake in the, in the sand for mental health after this disaster. Um, after the Surfside building collapsed, the Florida Division of Emergency Management, they saw that we cannot just wait for mental health to fix itself. So as that causeway was opening in Sanibel, we got the call to build a team, to build the first ever state emergency response team for mental health. I still get chills saying that. 
Um, I think we beat every other state to the map, as a matter of fact, with that to have a state-sponsored team uh, that was deployed right into the barrier islands. We worked in Sanibel and Fort Myers Beach and Pine Island. We had teams of up to 30 on any given day with pop-up mobile field units for mental health and wellness. And then we ended up working throughout all the communities in there to just provide these crisis stabilization services, of which we provided, at the end of the day, count was 8,337 sessions with individuals over a 60-day period from October to December. So 60 days was about the uh, was about when you stopped doing the post-EN effort? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so 60 <laughs> days was when we were done on the state emergency response team. Uh, those of us who were not from the area, I was from uh, just up the way in St. Pete in Pensacola. We had folks from all over Florida. But we had a lot of providers on our team from the Fort Myers and Lee County areas. So we were very committed and engaged to stay in the community. So for another 120 days, um, that starts to break my math calendar calculator, but um, for another 120 days, we stayed in the community doing micro-resiliency sessions and workshops uh, with everything from the Department of Health throughout all Lee Health, Department of Veterans Affairs, all of the food banks, all the voluntary orgs active in disaster. We stayed doing these micro-workshops, teaching people ways to work with the trauma in the community, within themselves, within their family. Um, it was really extraordinary. We had a lot of partners. And so just huge shout out to anybody who's listening because we fell in love with the opportunity to be with folks at the hardest time in their life and introduce resources when they were maybe feeling a little short on what to do. So um, we officially wrapped up all our official projects sometime around May, but we continue to do work in the community with lots of individuals and organizations still. So um, as it became apparent that, you know, Adalia was making landfall and causing, I know, severe destruction and causing a lot of grief for a lot of people, you know, how does, how does the process work? Did you pull the same team back together? Just kind of flesh out how the team recoalesced. And I guess this now is the second ever deployment formally. <laughs> is that correct? You know, it is. And um, Really, I have a big smile on my face right now, and I hope everyone from Lee County here as we're approaching this anniversary date really gets that we learned and shared with each of you so much in the trenches that uh, we found out what could be effective, what was the beginning of effectiveness, and that's the only place you can start, right, at the beginning of how to make a difference. Uh, we saw something that worked. We were able to present that at Health and Human Services Summits and Governor's Hurricane Conference and with the Florida Emergency Professionals Association. People saw that we're, we have a model that's starting to change this conversation about disaster mental health and crisis-informed care. So the good news is, is that rather than getting a call shortly after Hurricane Ian to build the team, this time we got a call shortly before Adalia. And they said, you know, we know it's important and we know that if the Big Bend region gets hit, we don't want to leave our rural communities just sitting out on a line waiting for help. So they pre-positioned us. I was at the State Emergency Operations Center as the storm was making landfall so that we could be ready to get boots on ground as quickly as possible. What I was doing was spooling up our, our bench. We have about 300 people uh, who meet our integrative health model qualifications on our bench. And I was asking who was ready and available. Mike, this is the part that blew me away. I, I don't want to cry on the radio. I might. <laughs> um, but when I put the call out, it was all of my Lee County-based responders, the people who were survivors of the last storm, responded in the last storm, said, we want to be in first. We want to be your first in team. We've been through it. 
We survived it. We know what made a difference, and we want to go care for other Floridians in agony. And I was just blown away. Day one, I think it was 80% of our team had all come from Lee County, where, you know, I've got people all over the state, all over the country, but that was who said they wanted to be first in. And I just, yeah, I think that's something to really say about human resilience and growth. I think it's yeah. a good time to bring Stacy Brown in here. Stacy, have you stayed? Um, were you a part of that extended effort that she was just describing? And I guess you've stayed in touch with Ami and the team, you know, since a year ago, basically? You know, Mike, I've been around for a long time in Lee County. And um, so when, uh, when Hurricane Ian uh, hit Southwest Florida um, shortly after all of it, it was right before the, the, the bridge was rebuilt, uh, Ami Uh, recruited me to join the team. And because I've just been around for a long time, I called all my buddies and I put out calls to the, uh, the local mental health organization, all the massage therapy and, and uh, body worker friends. And amazingly people showed up and these are good folks, you know, and they all came and they all uh, stayed with the project uh, for the whole, the whole time. And, and that's part of the amazingness of that uh, Hurricane Ian group is that we were community members. The team was uh, primarily made up of Lee County folks there towards the end. We had a lot of people from outside of the community come to, to kind of get it rolling, but, but it really was um, our, our, our professionals from Lee County that helped to stabilize um, the crisis. And, uh, and and these are folks who have all lived in Southwest Florida for so long. I was trying to count earlier today how many hurricanes uh, we've been through, you know, since I moved there in 1987. Uh, there's, uh, I could not count it all, uh, tropical depressions and storms and hurricanes. I think it's just in our, in our blood to be resilient and to dive in and uh, do recovery efforts. Uh, just because we simply live there. But if we have some specialties in teaching or in, in helping people, it's just a natural call. So, so yes, yeah, we all bonded. We all, um, you know, worked through all kinds of interesting things there. And when Ami was talking about how uh, this team for Idalia was 80% Lee County people, those are, those are my friends. Those are my people. And it just it made me almost tear up just to think about how compassionate and, and professional and determined these folks are to help others. It's beautiful. Um, Ami, describe where you guys are right now. Um, clearly, infrastructure is still not all together. Uh, you know, your phones are coming through pretty well, but it'll break it up just a bit. But, you know, where are you right now? And then we'll talk about, you know, what you're doing and, you know, maybe how it compares if it's any different from what you did a year ago. Yeah, awesome. We are in Swanee County uh, is where our base is out of, uh, which is good news. When we started, we had five different uh, base houses we were staying at because this disaster hit such a large swath of land. Um, You know, at least 13 counties we've been interacting with, which means a lot of driving down sandy dirt roads, you know, drive down dirt road, turn a left at the next dirt road. When the road gets down to two little rows of dirt, then make another right at the cow fence is a little bit where we're at to give you the visual. I could say the name. We're in O'Brien and Branford, Florida. We're working each day in Madison County, all the way up to Hamilton County, Wanee County, Dixie County, Taylor County, a little Levy, Gilcrest, Columbia. So really a lot of counties that you know are, are often invisible to people in Florida. Um, and we know when a disaster hits and counties feel invisible, um, there's a fear factor. Or does anyone notice us? Does anyone care? Will we be left behind? And 
our team's special clarion call is that we're going to come find you. We're going to drive down those roads. We're going to come to these little places that people gather to eat. We're going to pop up wellness sites at moments that folks don't expect it and they feel profoundly cared for just to create that stabilizing shift in, in the experience of being here. And kind of to what Stacey just said about the locals in the last one, um, you know, the, the locals were, were beautiful. They were an extraordinary part of the team. At, at the reason we brought locals on is that, you know, when they come on, they were wobbly. Some of them were in tears every day. They didn't feel like themselves. But we knew if we came alongside the local providers and we built them up, disasters start and end locally, right? So they're going to be the ones who stay in the community. So if we can stand them up first, that strengthens and really edifies the community rather than us being like some kind of superhero rescuers who fly in and then fly out, which causes more distress. So I'm really happy to tell you that this weekend here in this rural community, we crossed the threshold of having about 50% of our team starting to now come from these local areas. So we're drawing from Live Oak and from Perry and and a little bit from Alachua, which is a little further afield from Madison uh, to get more locals from this area on our team because they speak the local language, right? They speak the local culture. Um, you know, every time we cover a hurricane, you know, as as the media, we learn some lessons. You start to see things that you didn't see before, and you try to implement that next time. Um, are there any lessons you learned or ways of doing things that are modified this time around because of what you went through during Ian? Well, certainly there's a lot of room for improvement every time we bring our teams together. Um, I think we're getting better at better at how we integrate the locals and how we train the team who are not immediate survivors of the storm to really tend to them first. Because a therapist might be shoulder to shoulder with another therapist, and there's something in their sense of being colleagues that they're very much the same, right? They they have similar interests or similar ways of connecting or speaking. But the one who's just been through the storm really has a lot of different things going on inside and may try to be a strong contributor to their community, right? They're feeling that urgency to help. Um, while they're also trying to secure themselves. We've really slowed down how we work with our local providers to make sure we tend to them extremely well before we move them into the front line of being a responder. When you're an emergency responder of any kind, it's a little like being a fish at the front of a school of fish, if you will. And the one that's up in front is really taking a lot of the G-force against you. <laughs> you know, like you're creating, or the, you know, the geese at the front of the, the geese pack. It's I think there's another name for them under that pack. But the one who's up in the front takes a lot of the pressure. We want to take our locals and really not put them in the front line of pressure, not have them have to deal with the amount of flexibility and, and, and switching around we have to do each day to really be in the right place at the right time. We've also learned better how to teach the interventions we do. And I think we're getting better and better at doing that. And this one we did a week or so of human impact needs assessment first, where instead of being assigned to one area, we crawled all the counties and I think thousands and thousands of miles to just find any pockets of people. And then we moved into the crisis stabilization mode to provide care. And then we're slowly switching into the resilient rebuilding mode. That's a lesson learned for sure. You know, uh, right before we started recording, you had mentioned um, trying to provide some tools to people, especially around this anniversary of Ian, which is coming up soon, um, as far as ways you can, you know, benefit yourself and your mental health during these times. Can you kind of flesh that out for us? 
Absolutely. It, it really struck me in the Ian response and in the last year to hear the World Health Organization declaring things like we're in a global pandemic. And I just had to check that, check myself, check the work we were doing and saying, what is it that has us feel so helpless around our own ability to take care of ourselves? Like helplessness is that neurobiological trauma wound that we're not meant to experience as humans, that we can't care for ourselves or for each other. Um, many of us know people feeling anxiety and depression these days and certainly around this anniversary event. So I started to look at that and I thought, we need something. We need to keep the protocols we're doing and we need to not just have our specialists, our crisis-informed specialists know them. We need to package them in a way that anybody can pick them up, that they're free and open and shareable for all people. And so we're in the process of writing and currently with you right now even sharing like, what's a CPR for mental health? Years ago, if someone fell out next to you at a table choking, someone would have said, I don't know what to do, and, and they would have perished. But now almost everyone has a little bit of CPR training. Someone would try something. With mental health, we're developing something similar. So in the basic, basic crisis stabilization, which we're asserting is like a CPR for mental health, BCS, basic crisis stabilization, we're creating some steps. And the first step is that one would approach someone very gently. No one needs a savior or a rescuer, but more of an accompaniment. So if you notice someone in stress or yourself, it's like, how do you come alongside them slowly, putting some gentleness into your attention of your approach rather than, I'm really worried about you. You seem really upset. Um, that really helps. The next one, when we engage, is to notice if someone is a little bit revving high or crushed low. You know, if they're, if they're high what can, like, high energy, high fast speaking, anxiety, panic, anger, what can we do to bring them a little lower? Or if they're a little lower, what can we do to bring them up a little bit? So they're back into, like, a range of resilience, if you will. Um, so that's first we approach, then we engage, noticing that they're high or low, then we stabilize. The stabilize is doing some exercises to get down or up. And so for that, I want to refer you all to a website uh, where we wrote a program for Somatic Experiencing International. That website, it's not my company, but I think it's a good resource for everyone in the storm world right now, our anniversary, www.traumahealing.org slash scope is a five-part little mini tool that if you do the exercises on that page, there's videos walking people through it. It can help bring you down or bring you up based on where you are in that in that kind of sense of your own window of tolerance or range of resilience. And then the next step is we modulate where we help someone develop a safety plan. What, what are you going to do for the next hour? What are you going to do for the next 24 hours? We create a sense of attentiveness to time so that no one feels like they're just left out on their own. And then last we say it's time to step back and trust that the system you put back on the rails will keep going. It's not up to you to be someone's complete caregiver, caretaker, around their own mental health stress. But if you get them a little stabilized, we can trust that the body and the brain and the heart and the spirit are meant to keep going, and they will. And then pat yourself on the back and hurt your shoulder doing it, because it's worth it. You did a good job. You're courageous. You jumped in the trenches with someone. Those are some of the basic steps of crisis stabilization, and I, I can't wait for us to expand that and share that more. Interesting. Once that's more formalized, we'll have to have you on when we have better phone lines and have and talk more deeply about it. Um, we're kind of coming up to the end, but Stacy, I wanted to pivot back to you. Um, you know, as Adalia went by Southwest Florida, obviously you guys are up there now dealing with the end product and the, and the de devastation it has brought there. Um, 
you know, it came in kind of from the same direction as Ian. Um, there was a lot of tension here in Southwest Florida thinking, oh, no, not again. Can you just reflect on that from a, you know, a person who counsels people and, and talks to people about, you know, how that feels? And with the anniversary tomorrow, there's some of that as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm an educator as well as a therapist. So I worked with the uh, the local news and, and just trying to remind people of some ways to take care of themselves, because when we have been through something collectively like COVID, like Ian, all the things that we have all experienced, we're a little weary um, just because we're trying so hard to be resilient and stable. So when Idalia was coming back through, uh, it just it, it, the reminders that I offered to people were simple. Right. Let's let's stay informed, but don't panic. Let's make sure we're eating, make sure we're hydrating, make sure you're protecting your sleep. You know, we want to be smart and and do the safety things that we all have a a heightened awareness of because of what we've been through. But also we have to be able to really stay grounded in our own bodies so that we can help others. So practices like just slowly walking around, really slow down the way that you walk. Take nice, deep breaths. Um, Find something outside that you can look at with your your visual field. Uh, Find an interesting flower or a leaf to really focus on. These are practices that that so many different philosophies, uh, you know, yoga, counseling, um, crisis stabilization, we all use our senses Um, to help us just to be exactly where we are in that moment. And when we do that, it has a massive effect on our central nervous system that helps us to cope with whatever it is that's going on. So it's, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. So as we are coming up on this anniversary, for example, one of the things that I'm talking about people now are Facebook memories that are popping up. You know, um, because it, it reminds us of what we were doing a year ago or four years ago. And, and so those even those simple memories that pop up on social media, which everyone's connected with, can really get our, our central nervous systems activated. So what instead of getting sucked into the story and how difficult it was and the overwhelming sensation of all of that, we can say, wow, that was a year ago. Look how far we've come. Look at the the leaves on the trees have come back. Let's appreciate all these plants that didn't fall over during the storm. Look at all the the rebuilding that's happening. Look at what our community has learned. Look what I've learned. I am personally having a little moment of celebration this week, um, despite the the anniversary, because I'm getting my new roof, and I am thrilled. You know, So, so if we can shift our perspective just a little bit, even though this was so overwhelming, we stand firm, stay grounded, breathing in the good that has come of this um, and the progress we've made. That's what helps build resilience and, and peace and, and can keep us in this loving, compassionate, helping, you know, uh, thriving place that we all want to be in. I think that's great advice, and unfortunately, we're out of time, so I want to thank my guests. Stacy Brown is a clinical psychotherapist and licensed mental health counselor and founder of Stacy Brown and Associates Counseling and Wellness in Fort Myers. Stacy, thanks for your time, and, um, you know, good luck up there. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. 
And Ami Lee is founder and CEO of Capacity Path Disaster Relief Resiliency Services and clinical director of the State Emergency Response Team Mental Health Task Force. Ami, thanks to you as well. And do follow up with us about the, the, the CPR for mental health you were mentioning. Absolutely. Thanks for the CNGUR for your community, Mike. Really appreciate WGC for that. You can find a link to the website Ami mentioned, traumahealing.org slash scope, that has some crisis stabilization advice for anyone who's feeling anxious as the anniversary of Hurricane Ian's landfall approaches on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl. Join us tomorrow at 2 on the anniversary of Ian when we broadcast After Ian. It's a one-hour special that looks back on what we all went through together and highlights some of the work that's been done and is left to be done as Southwest Florida still continues on the path to recovery after that truly disastrous storm. It's actually a TV show which will air tomorrow night at 8 on WGCU-TV. We'll be broadcasting an audio version tomorrow on this show. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida. Thank you.